From the Islamic Institute of Toronto, you're listening to the Double IT Podcast Hour. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double IT Podcast Hour. My name is Mamoon Hassan, and I will be your host for today. It's been a while, and we are truly excited to return. This season will be jam-packed with so many beneficial topics, speakers, and community leaders. For today, our guest is a dear and close brother and sheikh with a surprising Canadian connection. Sheikh Mikhail Smith is an instructor at Qalam. He is a teacher at the Qalam Seminary and online at Qalam Connect. He travels around the country conducting classes and seminars like Prophetic Empathy. You can listen to him regularly on the Qalam podcast, including the Purification of the Heart series. He's also connected to Canada as he is the graduate of Darul Uloom Canada from Chatham, Ontario. His recent work and the topic of our discussion today is a book entitled With the Heart in Mind, The Moral and Emotional Intelligence of the Prophet Sheikh Mikhail, welcome to the Double IT Podcast Hour. Thanks for having me. Jazakumullah khair. It's a pleasure to be virtually in Canada, not physically, just because of, well, it's summertime, so I'm sure it's pretty warm right now. Yes. Um, and uh, looking at how you guys responded to COVID, I probably might want to be up in Canada. You should have been with us. You should have been with us. Yeah, compared to America. How is the response going in Texas? Uh, well, you know, uh, not too well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really interesting because, you know, it kind of moved in a wave from the East Coast of America to uh, West Coast um, or America and Southern. And so Texas and Florida and places like that and Georgia uh, here in the States are now just really at the height of it when other places are somewhat calming down. Um, and subhanAllah, what you've noticed is um, a lack of sabr. You know, I, I guess we could say a lack of social sabr. Um, mm-hmm. Social patience is, is a quality that uh, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be there. And when everyone's told to kind of, you know, let go of certain luxuries of life for a short period of time, um, it just seems like society had a threshold. And here where freedom, hurriya, or, you know, is, is the primary thing. I think it's been something that's really been testing um, our, our, our country. And so, mm-hmm. things are going okay, inshallah. I mean, I guess it's quite difficult for, um, especially the kind of culture that's happening in the U.S., right, to trust uh, governments as a whole, right? So to trust yeah. the actual response of the governments and, and so on and so forth. Plus, um, Canada is a better place to be anyway, so <laughs> maybe we'll be able to lure you back in here. Uh, today, I actually want to talk to you about your uh, the newest book. I know that you, this is the last one that you've released, but I know that you're working on some um, a new version of it, I guess, really an expansion of it. Yes. Um, heart in mind, the more and emotional intelligence of the Prophet Wasallam. So this to me is actually a, an exciting book. First of all, first of all, what you sent me the, the PDF. Um, I, I looked at it. I was only supposed to read certain pages, but then I got caught up in, in certain topics that I was personally interested in. Uh, but I do want to talk about specifically, honestly, uh, about the chapter or the portion of it where you talk about emotional intelligence. Mm. Uh, to me, it's crucial, uh, especially now that we're talking about pandemic, the, the pandemic and what's going on in it uh, and the rise in, I guess, um, um, uh, there was a lot of domestic issues that are happening in the mm. homes. Uh, there's a lot of um, 
a lot of anger that's coming about that we're yeah. seeing in social media everywhere. Um, and everything is tied back, I guess, to what we talk about here, emotional intelligence. Break down to me this whole idea of emotional intelligence. And I want to begin, I guess, really uh, with you. Like, tell us a little bit about the book, first of all. Yeah, and sure, sure. Yeah, I would love it. to. Um, so, bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Um, so, I, I, I would like to just begin with the impetus behind uh, me writing this book. Um, I think a lot of educated, well-read Muslims, um, we don't have enough literature out there that satisfies our spiritual and our uh, intellectual uh, thirst. We don't have things that quench both of those um, thirsts. And so I feel that now at this stage in uh, Islam in the West, in Canada and America, um, we're going to start seeing more types of literature like this, where um, you can, you know, normally I'm the type of person, Sheikh Mahmoud, that I would, you know, Sheikh Mahmoud, uh, I would walk into, you know, Barnes and Noble and I would want to, you know, pick up a book and make basically read this book and Islamify it for myself. Yeah. You know, and so I'd have to read the book and make it Islamic for me, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I'm, I'm that type of person. And I said, as I was doing research and going around the country speaking on this topic, um, I realized that we needed a book on this topic and specifically meshing together or showing how they, they come together. The 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 character of the Prophet Sallallahu with the concepts of emotional intelligence. Um, and so that became something that I was traveling around the States, uh, had the chance of going to England uh, once once or twice and speaking there as well um, on this topic of prophetic intelligence. And so basically a very quick th like summary of this book is that I put forward a theory in the book. And the theory is that well, first, you have to understand that early um, Islamic scholars like Imam Ghazali, Razi, many great uh, theologians, they they used to write in their books sometimes that uh, that the Prophet was the most intelligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, creation. And that that got me thinking what does it mean to be intelligent and that's actually how the book begins like the very first section of the book is called the most intelligent and it's kind of a question into how we consider or think about intelligence um and then after that i segue into presenting this concept that the prophet was not only taught um, a moral intelligence, a moral right and wrong type of a revelation, but he was also inspired and given mm -hmm. um, the methodology for understanding people to pass on that message. And so the, the primary thesis of the book is that when you study the Prophet Sallallahu do not just study like the do's and the don'ts, but also study his methodology for connecting to people because that is part of the miraculous nature of prophethood his ability to connect and to bond with so many people on such a close and personal level mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's that, talk about. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the. Uh, I guess really the the first concept that you broke down in it, um, which is I guess you began uh, the whole chapter. So that I was talking about with the. Uh, the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He's talking about the, the Muslim, right? The one who's beneficial, the one who actually mixes with the people, and the one uh, who's not hiding away from the people. And I think this is really uh, <laughs> amazing. He who mixes with the people and is patient with them is better than the one who avoids the people and doesn't have patience with them. I want to know why you started with like what's what's the significance of this yeah. hadith to what you're going to be talking about. Yeah, so the the hadith that's that the hadith that Sheikh just mentioned that you just mentioned is uh the person who mixes with the people and is patient with them is better than the one who avoids the people um and doesn't bear patiently with their harms and the evils of society and things like that. And mm-hmm. And and I, this this hadith is very very important for understanding um, the concept of emotional intelligence because human society um, is very complex. Um, socializing, understanding people, mixing with people, and living with them amicably is extremely complex. Um, it requires a lot of work. It requires a it, it it requires a lot of understanding of people, and so sometimes it feels easier to just abandon the people, to run off, and you know live a life of asceticism away from the harms of people. Let me just you know move far away, and I don't have to deal with people. Um, and this hadith kind of says no, the 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 highest level of spiritual maturation is when a person can amicably mix with the people and maintain their high levels of morality and righteousness. Um, Not the one who runs off into a cave um, and kind of becomes pious by themselves. And so, um, and so that's, and, and, and that, so that's one portion of it. The second portion of it is, um, that, that the Prophet them is is telling us that there are many relationships that we're going to have in society. We're going to be fathers. We're going to be mothers. We're going to be sons. We're going to be daughters. We're going to be brothers and sisters. And guess what? We're going to be all of these roles sometimes at one time. And so in order to fulfill those roles in relationships – the amount of understanding, just social comprehension that a person has to have is just absolutely um, amazing, just absolutely uh, amazing. And so I began with this hadith because this hadith highlights an aspect of human existence. Uh, the, the Arabic word for uh, uh, mankind is insan, insaniya. And the word insan comes from a root of unsiya, unsiya, right? Mm-hmm. There's all these discussions what it comes from. But that's one of the primary strongest opinions, uns. And, yeah. uns. and uns means to be familiar, to socialize, to to mix. So subhanAllah. To pleasantly socialize, I guess, is what you, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually part of who we are. That's mm-hmm. a quality of, uh, of, of human human life. And so, mm-hmm. um, 
And so I began with this hadith because if you understand and agree to the fact that human life is, is about managing and uh, beautifully managing many social relationships, then you'll understand the importance of emotional intelligence. Once mm-hmm. you understand that first premise, that way we have to mix with people. We have to get to know people. We have to help people. We have to be there for people. That's life. Once you understand that, then the next question is, well, how am I going to fulfill that role of being a part of society? Well, that means you have to have emotional intelligence. Let me give one example. Let me give one example. Sure. Um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he spoke about like the rights of neighbors, right? And we always hear these hadith. But I want you to look at it from the perspective of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Prophet Sallallahu in one hadith, he said that if you're cooking food, this is the, uh, the translation of it. If you're cooking food and the smell of your food goes to your neighbor's house, then you should give them some of that food. No. You should give them from some of that food. And no, the hadith right. says, even if you have to put water in it to kind of dilute it a bit. Now, yeah. if you think closely about this hadith, it requires that to act upon this hadith requires a consciousness of another person's emotional state. Mm-hmm. Because for some people, you know, Sheikh, they it won't even register. How does this food smell to my neighbor? They'll be in the backyard flipping burgers, you know, got some steaks on the grill, barbecuing, and it won't even it won't even flash their mind to think about the surrounding people and the impact. But the Prophet Sallallahu is specifically saying that you need to be conscientious enough to know how that neighbor is going to feel when they smell that food and they're not able to have a part of that meal. So now your responsibility is to share from that meal. That Mm -hmm. alone tells us that we need to build a consciousness and awareness of the emotional states of people around us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's wonderful. Then let's go ahead and talk about, I guess, really the, the, the topic itself at hand here, which is emotional intelligence. Because I think you, you, you're, you're basically making the argument here is that in order for us to live harmonious, I don't even want to call it harmoniously, but in order for us to just live in a beneficial way, you have mm-hmm. to have this, uh, I guess, emotional intelligence so how do we break this down? What is emotional intelligence? As you so, so emotional intelligence, um, there are a few different definitions that, that have come around for emotional intelligence. I, I guess the best definition that I would use for the sake of today's discussion is that emotional intelligence is, you know what? I'm going to make it very simple for our, uh, for our listeners today. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to understand emotional intelligence is the acronym ruler like a ruler r-u-l-e-r ruler think of the acronym ruler um r stands for recognition u stands for understanding l stands for labeling e stands for expression and r stands for regulation all right i'm gonna repeat that one time let's let's Uh, break it can we break it down as we're actually uh, as we're repeating them yeah yeah let's go through it And so before we go into each one of these, I need our listeners to also understand another aspect, which is that there are two relationships that uh, emotional intelligence is applied to. Mm -hmm. Number 
one is considered intrapersonal. The other is called interpersonal. What this means is emotional intelligence within yourself. Okay. And then emotional intelligence with other people. So before I go into the acronym of ruler, all of what we need to understand is that all of these concepts apply to you yourself, just me, myself, right? Mikael, all of these things, I need to have these capacities, abilities within myself for me. But mm-hmm. they also apply to me and my relationship with my daughter, me and my relationship with my wife, me and my relationship with my boss at work, so on and so forth. So, yeah. so, so sorry, just just to, be, so to interrupt you a little bit, but it's it's also it's already been it's already a given in order for you to be able to, um, I guess, speak to other people um, and give them your information that they need. You have to understand how they see. Uh, how they see your perspective. I, I guess really what you're adding to this here is the the other part of it, which is the fact that you also have to look internally at yourself. Because I think <laughs> I think the the external aspects of emotional intelligence is something that's understood. Is is a given, right? Yeah. So so normally, normally, well, in the literature of emotional intelligence, they always talk about something which is key to Islamic uh, literature, which is marifatun nafs, knowing the self. Yeah. Um, And so the concept is that the first place that you need to learn and apply the skills of ruler of emotional intelligence is within yourself. Mm -hmm. You've mastered the self. You've learned the self and you're working on the self. Then we turn focus to external because uh, and and apply the skills of ruler to the external. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and so let's go through the ruler acronym. I think, I think the listeners will really benefit from this inshallah. Let's Perfect. Let's do that. And so, as we're doing this, I'm actually going to be able to write it up so we, we can show it to people as well. Excellent. Great. So Perfect. the first one is, is recognition, emotional uh, recognition. Um, when we speak about emotional recognition, uh, what we need to understand is that um, emotions speak their own language. Emotions yeah. speak their own language. Um, And what happens is that as we, as human beings grow older from infancy to toddler to a bit older, what happens is we begin to recognize uh, feelings in other people. Um, It's very hard for a three-year-old or a two-year-old to recognize pain in another person. They can't recognize it because the neocortex development is too premature. But mm-hmm. as they get around the age of four, four and a half, they can begin to now recognize feeling in other people. And this is this is important in the development of, 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 a, of a sound person. Um, and so the first thing is recognition, the ability to recognize um, emotional shifts, emotional changes, recognize anger, recognize joy, recognize uh, a, a feeling of smugness, a feeling of uh, being ecstatic, like being able to recognize, um, just plain recognize emotions. Now, this is important because you have to understand that not everyone is skilled at recognizing emotions. And here's the here's the reason why this is so important. Yeah. As we spend more time uh, communicating via digitally, uh, via screens, via text message, 
we don't get as much practice with the face-to-face um, interactions. Yeah. And face-to-face interaction is where you get – where a child uh, and where a young adult gets the practice of understanding emotion or not understanding, recognizing um, emotions. Mm-hmm. And so the first skill that we talk about within the field of uh, e- uh, EQ is the R recognizing emotions within yourself and recognizing emotions in other people. Now, uh, sorry, here you're just talking about just uh, just so we can simplify it. You're not talking about like um, talking about just regular emotions like anger, happiness. That's what you're talking about here, right? Yeah. So 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 what you just referred to are considered base emotions. Yeah. Um, But but as we move on to the later in the acronym, there's one of the things we talk about. Uh, Sheikhna is expanding one's emotional vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why we need to do that is because, and, and I don't want to get to labeling yet, but we'll, we'll get there in a minute. But basically, okay. we're, we're, the, the more specific you can be in your awareness, the better off you are. The more okay. specific and what we use is the term called granular. The more granular you can be, in your ability to recognize emotions, um, that uh, is better better for you. Now, let, let, let's just back up. Let, let, okay, let, I, I always have to stop as we go into this because I find that when we're talking to the Muslim audience, a lot of times they want to understand over and over again, how does this relate to my relationship with Allah? How does yeah. this relate to my relationship with the deen, with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? And it, you know, does this have to do with Islam? And, and I know for some who are listening, they're like, "Of course it does." But sometimes we need to spell these things out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Spell them out. Let, let's take something very simple. The Prophet wasalam, he says in a hadith, "La taghdab." You know, a person asked him for advice. He said, don't get angry. Um, he asked him three times and the prophet repeated the same thing. All three times. Now, don't get angry is explained by the scholars uh, of uh, spirituality and tazkiyat and nafs. They explain it not as don't get angry, but regulate anger. You controlled by anger um, yeah. so so here we go now if the prophet said don't get angry control your anger then that means you abdullah you maryam have to have the ability to recognize anger in order to control it and absolutely. so yes go ahead i said absolutely yeah, yeah. i'm agreeing with you and, yeah. and, and so once we uh, once we understand that uh, our, the, the, uh, the regulation, which is the last R, is dependent upon the recognition, then it starts to make sense that, oh, now I see, uh, now I see why um, uh, it's, so, it's so critical to actually recognize when the emotion uh, when the emotion pops up. So again, mm-hmm. now, so again, remember when we're talking about emotional recognition, we're talking about um, recognizing your own emotional state and recognizing the state of someone you're interacting with. Um, mm-hmm. 
state are they in at this moment? Um, there's an example I give in the book. You know, I give this example in the book uh, just so people can really take this home. You know, you've you've had a long day at work, extremely long day at work. Your boss was a bit rude. Someone didn't get some work. You got loaded with extra work, so on and so forth. You're, you're driving home. You're coming home. And because of the long day, you feel some type of you, you're feeling different things. When you walk in the door, your young child or your spouse meets you at the door. Mm-hmm. Now, in this moment, if we could just pause, if imagine if we could just pause time, step outside of our, our body and look at ourselves in this scenario. Mm-hmm. What does the dean teach us? Well, the dean teaches us that my, my children have a right on me for love and compassion. My spouse has a right on me for love and compassion. And they have emotional needs that need to be fulfilled. But now let's look at me, for example. Where is my state at this moment? Where am I? Am I ready to fulfill that need? If a person is able to build emotional recognition, they will be able to pinpoint what they're experiencing at that moment and then also what my child, spouse, coworker, whatever it may be, is also experiencing at that moment. And so mm. now as I step back into my body, I open my door, you know, my five-year-old son walks up to me, Baba Baba, look what I did today. Now I'm able to respond in a different way because I was able to highlight or recognize the emotional nourishment that my son or daughter or wife or husband needed. And I'm also able to recognize my current state which uh, at that moment would have been anxious, frustrated, angry, uh, tense, things like that, right? Yeah. So, Sheikh, can I challenge you a little bit on this here, yeah. if you don't mind me saying this? Because, you know, it, it's honestly easy to use the example that you use here because what we're talking about is we're talking about uh, a child, for instance, coming about, right? It's easy for me to flip, uh, I guess, really, or, you know, my mental, uh, I guess, really state if I'm walking and my child runs to me, especially the little ones, right? Because they, to me, I... It, it's clear in my mind that they do not know what's happening in my head. They don't understand the fact that I've had a rough job, uh, that I've had a rough day or anything like that. It becomes really difficult, however, uh, to have this kind of mentality when it, when it comes to adults, right? Like when it comes to your wife, for instance, like you're, you're immediately you have this assumption that, OK, if I come home and I just don't look right, then you have to understand the fact that you like, it's, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like I'm placing it on her now. Like yeah. you have to have an understanding on the fact that I am, I, had, I didn't have a good day. So therefore, you know, I, I don't have to uh, change the way that I am for you because yeah. I've had a rough day. You have to change the way that you are uh, in order to accommodate for my day. So yeah. uh, h- how would you talk about this? Yeah, I would say that this is a, this is a very dangerous uh, misunder- cultural misunderstanding um, that we found ourselves in. Uh, here's the way we have to look at it. I often speak about relationship emotional intelligence where the entire relationship grows. The two people in this relationship grow in their emotional understanding. You may be mm-hmm. correct. You may be correct that an emotionally intelligent spouse will notice the frustration of their partner and they will they will do what's necessary to help that that emotional state. Now, without a shadow of a doubt, 
that partner, that person B, has the responsibility to watch, recognize, understand all of those things. But the person themselves who is experiencing something, they are not absolved of their duty mm. as well. Yeah. They themselves have a responsibility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's give a worst case scenario. This yeah. person walks in the house and this person's spouse, male or female, let's leave it ambiguous, does not recognize the state of the spouse. And the, therefore, the person flips out, gets angry. Don't you see I'm upset? Don't you see I had a bad day? Why are you always bothering yeah. Now, will this person not be questioned before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that treatment? Like, isn't is exactly. So, so we always have to focus on our responsibility. And yes, when we learn these things, when we teach them, there's a two, we're always doing this. SubhanAllah, I always talk about, you know, Sheikh, there's all these hadith about the hukuk of the zawja and then the hukuk of the zawj, the rights of the husband and the rights of the wife, right? Mm. And what's interesting is, it's funny because I always say that the men are supposed to read the hadith about their responsibility and the women are supposed to read the hadith about their responsibility. But in but what we do is we study what other person we, we memorize what the other person needs to do. SubhanAllah, <laughs> completely misunderstanding the usage of hadith. So nonetheless, uh, Sheikhna, uh, yes, the, 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 the beginning point is emotional recognition. Let's move forward. Okay. Uh, now we have uh, understanding, emotional understanding. Mm-hmm. Now this is where we are now. Uh, now before, we, one more thing, one more thing. Another thing that is very important on the emotional recognition phase is we have to allow children the space to feel and ask them, question them. You know, what is that feeling you're, you're, you're experiencing right now? You know, and this is important because by talking to them about how they feel, we give them permission to feel. We validate their feelings. Many of our families in the Muslim community, we don't allow people to feel. Like yeah. if you're, that's, that's very dangerous because feelings are a part of the human experience. And the Prophet ﷺ allowed people to feel. And yeah. if allow people to feel then we need to so what that means on a practical level is uh you know asking your children how do you feel right now using using emotional words like um are you restless are you annoyed mm. you know are you uh you know thrilled are you happy you know just different type of uh emotional vocabulary words to help them become better able to express how they feel and I, and I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about expression when we get to the L part. So okay. Let's move forward to the U, understand. All right, perfect. Now, the U is different from the recognition is different from understanding in that now we're trying to look at what is causing the current emotion that is being experienced. Let me say that again. Now we are looking at the causes for the current emotion that is being experienced. Um, And we're not judging it. 
We're just looking for the cause of it. We're having a deeper understanding. And this is where understanding emotional language kicks in. So mm. Sheikh, now there's a hadith that is, is, is a perfect hadith for this. Um, you know, one time, it's a well-known hadith, but I want our listeners to look at it from the perspective of purely emotional intelligence. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says to Aisha radiallahu anha one day, Oh Aisha, I know when you're uh, angry with me and I know when you're happy with me, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when he says this to her, you know, she replies, well, how did you know that? Tell me. And then the Prophet Sallallahu begins to explain to her what she does when she's happy and what she does when she's upset with him. And so the Prophet mm -hmm. goes on to explain something. And she, and she may not, and she may have not have even known that that's the way she, she behaves, right? And, and so there's the beauty of it, Sheikh. The beauty yeah. is that he's noticing her. He's noticing her emotional language. He knows when she says this, it means she's upset with me. When she says this, it means that she's happy with me at this moment. And yes. now he's built the ability to understand her at a deeper level. So that's that's just, I mean, in subhanAllah, uh, you know, Shekhna, like there are so many examples. I just wanted to give this one example of what we mean by emotional understanding. I, I see you're angry. So one is I see my spouse is angry right now. I see she, she's frustrated. But now the next stage is, do I understand where that is coming from? You know, do I understand where it's stemming from? That's the next stage. And that's where we get to the emotional understanding um, level. And and I'll say, honestly, at this point, um, Here's the real thing, Shekhna. All of the things I'm talking about are difficult because they require a term we use, emotional investing. It requires mm. paying attention and investing time and focus into the people around you. And quite frankly, some of us are just too busy. We're too goal-oriented. We have things to get done. We have projects to finish by certain deadlines. And all of those things just get in the way or your emotions just get in the way of all of those things. And so mm -hmm. it's a lot easier for us to just completely ignore and not validate what you're feeling. Because once I start going into what you're feeling, I mean, we could spend the whole rest of the night discussing these things. Yeah. And so a lot of people, honestly, they 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 they, they shriek back from. Uh, trying to understand the emotion of the people closest to them because it does take some investment. Um, and, it's, and it's a bit difficult as well, Sheikh. Like it's it's not sometimes just the actual uh, emotion to investment when it comes to, I guess, is is it worth it or is it not worth it? It actually is difficult, especially for many, uh, many of us. So as Muslims, I'm going to talk about this in, in general, I guess. Uh, and I can tell you like, the vast majority of Muslims are actual immigrants. They come from specific countries and backgrounds yeah. where speaking about emotions in itself is very difficult. It's hard. It's it's hard. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this and I'll say this openly. Um, I come from a country, for instance, where uh, a wife will express to her husband how much she loves him solely by 
asking him, did you eat? Like that, that to her, that's, that's the epitome of saying to him, hey man, I love you so much. Like I come from Sudan, right? And, and I know like my grandmother, this is exactly how she used to express her love for, for my grandfather. She would just ask him, oh, did you have lunch? Halas, that to me is like, she's telling him, hey man, I, there's hugs and there's kisses and there's all kinds of things. And he knows this, like he recognizes, he, he actually, he, he'd smile, he'd say to her, yes, it, it was an amazing lunch. So to her now, he's saying to her, yeah, I, I respect how you've, you've expressed your love and here it is back at you. How was your day? Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So, so, so that's fine. Um, and you know why that's fine is because emotions. So, so as we move forward, one of the things that's important to understand is that culturally, we communicate, first of all, culturally, our languages uh, have different words for different emotions. And there are certain yeah. words that don't even exist in other languages uh, for mm -hmm. emo different emotions. And that doesn't mean they're not experienced. That just tells you how the society, the value system of that particular society is. Now, now the thing I'm trying to highlight and that we'll talk about now when it comes to emotional understanding is how, how are the emotions communicated? In the book, I talk about body language, um, yeah. if, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the tone and intonation in how you speak, um, uh, the gestures, all of these things are part of emotional communication. And so, you know, one of the funny uh, things I do in a workshop is the you good test. So if I said to you, Sheikh, if I said, um, yo, Sheikh, you good? Mm -hmm. And then I said, Sheikh, you good? And then I said, Sheikh, you good? All three of those statements are actually <laughs> quite different statements. Um, yes. And they're, they're expressing different feelings and different concerns, completely right? Completely different. But yeah. within a certain subculture of American society, you should be able to understand the emotion behind each of those statements. If I said, you good? Then I'm asking, are you okay? If I go, you good? That means you got a problem. And so that's communicated in that language, in that way. Um, yeah. and, and similarly, you know, I'll give, a, I'll give one. If, if you play sports, um, males, while they're playing sports, will, you know, smack each other on their rear end while we're playing. And in that subculture, that action communicates a certain emotion where that yep. same action would communicate something completely different in another environment. And so, it, it, just just outside the actual arena. Yeah, literally. literally. Yeah, yeah. But now here's the difficulty. And this is something that I we deal with a lot. You spoke mm -hmm. about the Sudanese, your grandparents, right? Now, here's where it becomes difficult. When my, well, I'm, I'm American raised, so I can't use my example. But when a second generation or third generation child of a Sudanese family grows up here and this, oh. and this girl watches, you know, for, uh, you know, the Flintstones and, you know, you know, uh, you know, all the cartoons of, you know, of American society. Uh, she understands the the completely American child, and, and then this person is now trying to enter into a deep relationship with someone from the same 
culture, kind of, but not the same yeah. culture. This yeah. is where now we've committed an injustice because these two people speak a different emotional language. Um, yeah. And, and this is very important. You know, Sheikh, they say the last thing that you can understand when you learn a second language is the jokes. The jokes. Yeah. Jokes and poetry are the last thing you can understand. Why? Because just knowing the language doesn't communicate emotion. Emotion is communicated on a sublingual level. It's a it's a, a, a something that's beyond the language. Um, and so the reason I'm bringing that up is, as long as your grandmother felt loved, and your grandfather felt loved and they both felt that the communication was happening, then our mission is accomplished. Mm. But when you're saying to someone today, did you eat lunch? And he's like, yeah, I ate lunch. But how about saying, how are you? I, you know, can I have a hug? Can I have a kiss? Like, yeah. Now we're like, wait, I just, she's like, I just asked you, did, or did you eat? And you're like, yeah, I told you I ate. Uh, yeah. but why don't you ever show me love? So yeah. what I'm trying to highlight here is, you know, even within the same culture, generational gaps can cause miscommunication in length in emotion. Uh -huh. So, so, so I, I don't think there's a problem when your grandmother says, have you eaten? Have you eaten to say I love you and I care for you as long as he understands that? Yeah, because the objective is for us to communicate and nourish the feeling that the other person needs. So, so, so that's that's what we're getting at eventually, where we're we're discuss discussing the purpose of this is once I realize that human beings have emotion and that emotions are a part of human experience, then I realize when the Prophet says, I am the best to my family, then part of being the best of my family is not just making money, putting food on the table, but mm -hmm. emotional, emotionally being there as well. Mm -hmm. right? And so um, to come back to your point, I think there's nothing wrong with that again, but we need to understand the languages of love or the language of emotion of the people that we are trying uh, to communicate with. Mm -hmm. um, and so I mean, I, I, I was, and what I was trying to, I was trying to express really in a sense, I guess when it comes to emotional, I was just honestly, I, I got that from the way that he understood that she was trying to uh, express love by asking that question, right? Mm. It's out and about. So, so she was emotionally there. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yep. knew enough. She knew that this is how she would express love to him. And he was emotionally intelligent enough to also understand the fact that this is how she expresses her love to him. And he reciprocated immediately. You see, you know, like he, he gave her that back. See what I'm saying? Yes, definitely. 100%. 100%. So, so that's the you. The you is the understanding. That's understanding how someone communicates frustration. An example, a child comes, you know, uh, you know, a, a child never want to pray anymore, you know, and parents trip out. Oh, my child's leaving Islam. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the child actually saying? Let's look deeper. What's See, this is the point that I we, we talk about. This is where it gets a lot harder but it's worth the effort what are the word what's being communicated under the words see when a person builds emotional understanding 
They're able to hear what isn't being said. What isn't being said. I'll say that one more time. I think this is very important for our listeners to get. When you work on emotional understanding, you stop listening to the words. You stop hearing just the words and you start listening to the heart. Mm. You, 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 so, 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 subhanAllah, when you listen to the heart, now the person may be saying, I hate you, but you know, oh, what they're really saying is I miss you. Yeah. You, you get it? And so, yeah. and when we study the Prophet Wasallam's life, we can see that he always had his pulse on the under the true message that the person uh, was communicating. And he was very particular about observing what is the message that's being communicated. Let me give an, let me give an example. I, I love to connect this to his life, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Really quick example. And you know, there's a there's a hadith in, in Sunan Abu Dawood uh, where the Prophet was what's once walking through Medina. And as the Prophet was walking through Medina, um, a camel that was used for work let out this very loud cry. And the Prophet yes. went over to the camel. He touched mm -hmm. the camel. And, uh, and one of the things we won't have time to talk about, but physical touch was a very important part of emotional regulation, which is very interesting. But he leaned into the camel and then he backs up. It's like he listens to the camel and then he backs up and he goes, where's the owner of this camel? Finally, mm -hmm. the Ansar, they come over and he says to him, sell me this camel. And the person goes, Ya Rasulullah, it's for you free. You can take it. But it's the only one I have. Mm. <laughs> and the Prophet ﷺ says, okay, well, if you don't want to tell me this camel, now listen to these words. He says, He said, Fear Allah regarding these mute animals, these animals that can't vocalize what they're feeling you have to fear Allah regarding what they're feeling. So, yeah. so here we see a level of responsibility placed on the believer's shoulders to be aware of the pain and suffering of something that can't even communicate its pain and its suffering. And similarly, mm. similarly, I would say that we have a responsibility to understand the pain, suffering, joys, all of the emotional changes of people who can't articulate those. Um, yeah. and, and so that's where it's about body language, understanding, emotional cues. There's so many levels to it. But a lot of times, and subhanAllah, it just, you'll see these big fumbles, man, where Everyone in the relationship is just messing this up. The child says something that they don't mean and they mean something else. Then the parent responds to what the child says, not even listening to what the child actually means and so on and so forth. And here we are arguing over something that neither one of us is actually talking about. Nobody, nobody actually even said it. Subhanallah. <laughs> well, they may yeah. have said it, Sheikh. They may have said it, but that's not well, what I mean, was actually That's saying. not what they meant it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, right. yes exactly. Exactly. Right. exactly. Now, many people will say at this point, I've had many people, they say, well, no, I'm only responsible for what they say. Well, yeah, you could think that way. But once you understand that 
our ability to articulate what's inside is not as precise as the feeling that's inside, you begin to grow to the understanding of what we call reading between the lines, listening to what the heart is actually saying. Okay. And this, I guess really is crucial to also have, like, because you, once you're speaking about this here and reading between the lines is something, it's, it's a skill that, uh, that is required in a lot of, in a lot of places, like even in your job place, you do yep. read between the lines. You know, um, I think we sometimes, um, we, we always use that skill everywhere, except for those who are close to us. We expect yes. those who are close to us to give us exactly what we want from them. But when it yeah. comes or far away from that, I can read in between the line. Like, you know, I'll walk into, um, I'll walk into a store, for instance, right? And, and immediately the cashier, for instance, will speak to me in a certain way. I can read in between the lines. Okay. Uh, They're not yeah. having a good day. They're not yeah. having a good day. And that's it. I'll back off immediately. But yes. when it comes to those who are close to us, we completely become, I don't even want to say we become oblivious to it, but I think we start to ignore it. We start to ignore it. Definitely. And, and, and that's where we need it the most. That's where we need it. Yeah, done. exactly. So, so the next part is very interesting. After we built the capacity to understand, the next is L for labeling. Labeling. Mm. Now, labeling is simply one's ability to give that feeling a name, to, to precisely name what it's feeling. And as I mentioned before, Sheikh, that when 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 we're not really developed. We just clump them all together. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm mad. That's it. <laughs> like, that's all you feel. But yeah. no, it's like, no, there's many colors between the colors of the rainbow. And so, uh, and the reason why this is important. Now, this is amazing. The ability to name the feeling has actually been proven to facilitate regulation of it as well and perception of it mm. so, so so studies have shown there are there are studies done in MIT Harvard by a number of academic researchers that have shown that one's ability to precisely name an emotion it had a co direct correlation to their ability to number one perceive it but number two to actually regulate it and so and so they say there's a saying that our listeners can can kind of write down. If you can't name it, you can't tame it. If mm -hmm. you can't name it, you can't tame it. If you can't right. name that particular feeling, then you can't overpower that anxiety. You can't overpower that nervousness if you can't even highlight what it is. And so what a lot of the Prophet Sallallahu teachings are about naming emotions, telling us what they are so that we have the ability to recognize them. And then once we have the ability to recognize them, understand them and then label them, label. This is what I'm feeling right now. And so with my children, I have younger children. And so uh, I, I do different things with them to kind of get them to expand their emotional vocabulary. Um, what are you feeling right now? Oh, that feeling is restlessness. What is restlessness? Mm. Oh, it's like when you feel, oh, I don't know, I'm sitting here too long and I need to move or whatever. I'm annoyed, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like teaching them so their vocabulary expands. And that way I'm actually helping them in the wrong long run, learn how to actually control that specific uh, feeling 
uh, that yeah. they need to be um, expressing. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. So okay, beautiful, beautiful so, concept of labeling. The last two, um, the last two are the expression and the regulation. Now, Imam Ghazali, you know, he gives he gives it an amazing analogy. Um, Imam Ghazali, he says that, you know, anger is are like can, is synonymous or metaphorically, symbolically, you can look at it as one's hunting dogs. So if someone was going on a hunting trip, you know, they have these dogs that they take hunting with them. And a sign of a, a kelb, muallam, a trained dog, is that when the, when the hunter sends it, it goes. When the hunter tells it to stop, it stops. When the hunter tells it to, to kill it, it kills, but it won't eat. He says that, mm -hmm. for example, he says anger, anger is like the hunting dog of the hunter. What he's mm -hmm. trying to say is that a good hunter uses the anger in the situations that Allah wants it to be used or where the intellect says it should be used. And so I'm just using this as an example. I don't want to just focus on anger. But the reason I bring this up is because it all comes back to emotional regulation, which is now behavioral, behavioral. Yeah, the ability to now control and not be controlled. And we know people who anger controls them. Uh, their anxiety okay. controls them. Their fear controls them instead of the opposite way where they are the ones controlling that thing. And so all of those steps, regulation, understanding, labeling, now expressing it and regulating. I'm going to share one hadith, which is just mind-blowing hadith where all of these come together. When the grandson of the Prophet ﷺ passed away and the Prophet ﷺ was, was shedding tears, he said a hadith and he said, uh, you know, The Prophet ﷺ, he said, The eye will cry. He's allowing us to feel. The eye will cry. The heart will hurt. It will. That's normal. It's okay. That's great. You should feel that. That's a part of human existence. That's right. But now, here's the part where the, 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 uh, the strength or the intellect, the aql takes over. But we won't say things. Why Allah to me? Why did Allah do this to me? Things like that. We won't say anything except the things that please Allah. So we see here expression, recognition, understanding, labeling, hosen, labeling, mm. but regulation. Regulation. And so this is a hadith where we see now, subhanAllah, you know what's interesting? An even more profound hadith, Shaykhna which speaks volume of the Prophet Sallallahu internal emotional intelligence. Now, many people don't, don't, don't look at it from this perspective, but I want everyone to think about the Prophet Sallallahu own understanding of him, his own heart. When, when Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala an, first of all, who is Wahshi? Wahshi radiallahu an is a great Sahabi of the Prophet Sallallahu 
But Wahshi radiallahu an, before he became Muslim, he was the one who killed Hamza. Committed mm-hmm. an atrocious act, yeah. Yes, he killed Hamza yeah. an. Now, mm-hmm. what is the relationship between Hamza radiallahu an and the Prophet sallam? Oh, you can't do enough to explain how close they were. So mm-hmm. close to one another. Now, the Prophet sallam, was so hurt by his death. It just troubled him for a very long time. Listen to this. When Wahshi became Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ told him over and over, your sins are forgiven. There were verses revealed. There were verses revealed about him that his sins are forgiven. I, I want our listeners to know something that they probably don't know. Do you know that the Prophet ﷺ asked Wahshi to live away from Medina because... Whenever he would see Wahshi, he would think about Hamza and he did not want to negatively influence or impact spiritually Wahshi's relationship with Allah. So this is this is mind blowing because it shows Mm -hmm. that the prophet understands his own emotional weakness. Mm. Many people today. Uh, those who aren't, aren't are like, man, all of this emotional stuff. So, so the prophet should have said, Washi, you can live wherever you want. I'll have to deal with my emotions. You're a Muslim now. Yeah. But the prophet didn't. He said, can you please don't live near me? Please, please. Today's a logic of some people would be like, yeah, no, no. You deal with that. Just deal with it. He has a right to live in Medina. His sins are forgiven. So what's the big deal? You gotta get over it. Now and I mean, and I mean, and I mean, I guess really, Wahshi could have said that as well, right? Like he could have said, "No, I'm, I'm not leaving." <laughs> right? This shows you the understanding on both sides of things, right? Yeah, but so I just want people to hear that story because it shows our own Prophet salam, his understanding of his emotional limits, mm. and that's what our our audience really has to build within themselves. They have to understand that you need to understand yourself better. Because that will help you spiritually mature. And on, on top of that, it will help you understand and connect to other people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Sheikh Nad, this topic is, it's an ocean. You know, like I, I, I barely, you know, our, we've been on for about an hour now. And yeah. I've barely been able to just touch the tip of the iceberg, to be honest with you. Um it just, there's just so much that I really wanted to touch upon. I mean, I, I just I do want to I do want to end it on a uh, on I guess really on a practical. I know you have to go. And I, yeah, yes, I can see it in your face. <laughs> but I do want to end it on a practical. Uh, I guess really like advice. Uh, it, it's it's really easy to talk about emotional intelligence in a sense, uh, especially the regulation part, the part that you were talking about, which is being able to control um, your emotions. It, it's really difficult. Too. Like, yes. and, and I'm certain you're aware of it, right? Especially when you're. Uh, if it's something that you are invested in, something that you're emotionally invested in. And I always say this because, uh, again, I'll mention this again. Uh, in this lockdown that's been happening, there has been a, a rise in domestic violence uh, and in breakups. Uh, my father, uh, he he does, uh, he's, he's a mazun uh, and he officiates marriages. And he's been telling me like the, mm. the, literally the business recently has been talaq. It's just been divorce, 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 divorce to the point where he's almost feel like depressed about it. It's like, I, I don't really want to do it anymore. Um, and that's because people are just, yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's hard, Sheikh. How do I 
you know, use me as an example. How do I <laughs> practically uh, get a hold of my emotions and control them? Let's say I recognize okay. I recognize this anger, I recognize all these things. How do I control um, this these emotions so I can regulate them? Yeah, okay. So, bismillah. Um, our community has to understand the importance and the, how can I say it, the utility of seeking and speaking to mental health specialists and talking to them. Our community has so many taboos on mental health. We think that you only speak to a, a, a therapist when you're seriously mentally ill. Even that, we're going to try to sneak you there in the middle of the night so none, no one sees you because it's so horrible. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is very bad. And the reason is because Abu Zaid Balkhi, he wrote a beautiful book called Sustenance of the Soul. You can find it on Kindle. I think it's actually free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sustenance of the Soul. And Abu Zaid Balkhi in the third century Hijri wrote about mental health and the importance of being able to speak to someone and cognitive behavioral therapy, talking about what you're feeling, understanding and vocalizing what it is that you're feeling. So the first thing I'm gonna say is, if you're listening to this and you have a major problem where it really gets in the way of life, it, it's, it's bothering your children, your spouse, it's bothering life, you need to go talk to someone. And, 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 and you can pretend all you want that no, no, no. If you had an, a bad headache, you go to the doctor. Similarly, when there's mental instability, you need to go talk to someone, get it out, speak to them, let them help you uh, uh, unpack where this anger is coming from. Because here's this deal, Sheikhna, I'm just using anger as an example because your question is a mountain, is, 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 a, is a huge question. But let's take anger, for example. Many times, no, not many times, always, the expressions of emotions from today are due to things from yesterday that we have yeah. not come to terms with. We have not come to terms with. And if we just keep piling life on top of the previous issues, we don't get to the source of the problem. We just keep building mm -hmm. on top of it. And so sometimes when it's serious, when it causes dysfunctionality, so here's the key. If it's causing dysfunction, then you need to you need to talk to someone. You really, really, really need to talk to someone. Um, and I'm sure, Subhanallah, you guys live in that great country where uh, medical is covered. I'm sure there's some limit, some some uh, way to get that even at a at a, at a not of an expensive cost. Subhanallah, um, mm -hmm. uh, up in Canada. The, the second thing is this: um, one of the methodologies being used today for behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, is something called TM. TM is called Transcendent Meditation. Now, I know all the listeners are going to be like, oh, bida, we don't do meditation. Da, da, da. Yes, we do meditate. It's called muraqaba. It's called dhikr. It's called tafakkur. It's just Arabic words for the same thing. To think yeah. about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I bring that up is because they've actually been using that as a method to deal with different behavioral problems that people have. And so 
one of the things that I think we need to do more of, and I'm not using this as a cliche, do more dhikr of Allah. No, sit down, solitude, turn off your devices, turn everything off, sit in solitude, contemplate your relationship with Allah, contemplate your actions. This is being used in modern day therapy methods, but this is something that is part of the tradition of our Salaf al-Saleh and our Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. Um, so that's one method that's being used um, to, to, to kind of help us gain control of uh, some of the emotions that we're experiencing. Um, the, other, the, other, the other thing that I will highlight is that what TM does is it actually slows down the reaction process. So, so here's the deal. Okay. Right now, we're only speaking about my own behavioral modifications and controlling the emotion. Now, we have, we have the stimulus which causes the emotion and we have the reaction. What we want to do is create a big space in between the stimuli and the reaction. For many people, the moment the stimuli happened, the reaction happens. This is very bad because the aql, the intellect later on goes, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. But yeah. when a person's uh, emotional intelligence grows and everything I'm talking about increases it, recognition, understanding, label, these are all things that help increase emotional intelligence. This is emotional intelligence. So, yeah. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is this. This is very important. For, for the emotionally intelligent person, unintelligent person, it's like dominoes. As soon as this happens, the domino falls over. That means mm -hmm. the moment the, something happens, someone yells at you, cuts you off in the street, uh, in the throat, the reaction happens. You give them the middle finger. You yell at them. You curse at them. And then after it's over, you're like, oh, man, what did I do? What did I do? My, my I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, oh man, I did that. That shows that the action is coming without the intellect controlling it. Like the hunting dogs running off and the hunter didn't mm -hmm. even want to go. Everyone with mm -hmm. me? All right. Mm -hmm. What happens with the Prophet Sallallahu is the stimuli happens, but from stimuli to reaction, there seems to be like generation, like this long stretch of time for him to choose the reaction. Yeah. And, and the best example is when the Bedouin pulls the shirt of the Prophet Sallallahu And by the time the Prophet turns around, he's already smiling. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we smile at every inconvenience, but we choose the reaction that we want to show. How does this happen? As I said, more time spent in solitude, thinking over our actions, thinking over our states, meditating on our ourself that actually has been proven to expand the time in between reaction and stimuli and the, the, the reason that's so beautiful is it's already part of our dean yeah you know what i'm saying so that's one thing um another practical tip a lot of people listening they're like okay how do i build my relationship with my daughter my son and emotional intelligence with other people the book i'm working on now sheikhna is about one skill, one skill, the art of listening well, listening well. The, this actually is the core 
of emotional intelligence. If there's one advice I can give everyone, parting advice, learn how to be with people and listen to them. That's it. Learn how to just be present with them. Tonight. Sorry, Sheikh. Let's use an example of not listening but hearing. (laughs) You know, tonight, say, say, say you have... It could be any relationship. It could be a spouse. It could be a daughter, a son, a brother. The next time you're with a person, I want you to be present with them. Now, present doesn't mean physical. It means mental presence. Your mind isn't anywhere else. You're present right there with them. And don't listen to respond. Listen to listen. That's it. Many, so what that means, many people don't even know what that means. When someone's talking to you, listen to them in order for them to speak, not for you to get ready to say something. Mm. In fact, as they, as they speak, you know, maybe ask a question for them to expand more. And, and, and the reason listening is so important is because once you start to listen to people, as Allah says, only those people can respond who listen. When you slow down, when you learn how to just listen to people, be present with them, eliminate the noise, create silence to listen, then you will find that people will open up. People will open up. And they will, they themselves will open up the realities of what's inside their hearts. Mm-hmm. But many people have not been listened to. Many people mm-hmm. have not. So if I can leave with one parting practical advice, it's practice today. Just today, practice listening, listening to someone very closely. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Sheikh Mikhail, it's been honestly a pleasure to actually talk to you and to hear you. I want to bring you on, inshallah, more um, more times. It's a huge book. Uh, let's talk uh, finally at the end. How do people get a hold of you? Yes, my email is Mikael, M-I-K-A-E-E-L, at qalaminstitute.org. That's the best way to reach out to me. You can also message on Instagram or social media, but the best way would be an email, inshallah ta'ala. Um, I, I, I didn't put your... Uh, Sorry, I did put your ta- uh, your your tag here, your handle at, at Mikhail. Um, yes, perfect. That's, 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 that's um, and I would just say, like, just in closing, I was barely able to scratch the surface. This is an ocean of knowledge. I highly recommend you guys get the book, inshallah ta'ala. Um, and learn this, the bottom here. It's- yes, learn this important aspect of how the Prophet Sallallahu interacted. How do we get the book, Shah? How do we get the book? Uh, oh. Uh, if you just Google with the heart in mind, there's a, a Qalam link uh, that should pop up. One of the first things that pops up and you should see it there. Inshallah, we ship to Canada. No problem, inshallah. So uh, there's a on the Qalam website, there's a uh, you can buy it from there. If you Google it, it should come up um, with the heart in mind, the moral and emotional intelligence of the Prophet. So I said that. Barakallah fiqh. May Allah bless you, inshallah. Jami and Jami and thank you for having me, Sheikhna. It was a pleasure being with you. I enjoyed this and uh, hopefully look forward to doing another follow-up, inshallah ta'ala. 
there's lots to talk about inshallah jazakallah khair for everybody who's been listening who's been watching as well uh, it's been honestly a pleasure to have you with us uh, we are at media at islam.ca you can email us uh, with suggestions for upcoming speakers all kinds of topics that you want to talk about inshallah we're really excited about this season uh, of double uh, it podcast hour The Double IT Podcast Hour has been produced by yours truly. My name is Mamoon Hassan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this underscore moon underscore lives or look for me on Facebook. Double IT Podcast Hour has also been recorded at Nebaga Media Studios. Until next time, look for us and we will look for you. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.